19 through 25. Words will be on the screen. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most precious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this opportunity to look into your word, to remind ourselves of this familiar passage we've heard so often, but we never get tired of. This word that proclaims the birth of Jesus Christ, the day we'll celebrate shortly. Father, we ask that you open our hearts and minds to your word to your Holy Spirit that we would hear what you have to say to each one of us. And Lord, we then ask that your Holy Spirit would empower us to do that which you have called us to do. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I took some time with the children this morning and sang a couple of songs with them and and ask them about Christmas time. It uh, still feels like Thanksgiving, but we're moving towards Christmas. And of course, what do we think about with Christmas? But gifts. And I shared with them that even this morning, I was on Amazon adding things to my shopping list, hoping people look at it and, and uh, provide in that way. But we think about that, about gifts and, and giving to each other and, and enjoying that. And as I think about this season, there's a song that I really love. It's called, We Were the Reason. The first verse goes like this. As little children, we would dream of Christmas morn, of all the gift and toys we knew we'd find. But we never realized a baby born one blessed night gave us the greatest gift of our life. He gets lost in all the hubbub sometimes. Not really, but we get busy with the gift giving that we can forget. Some 2,000 years ago, we received the greatest gift of all. And it's interesting, and much has been written and said, that Jesus came as a little baby. The people of the day were somewhat disappointed. They were tired of Roman domination, and before that, there was the Babylonians and the Chaldeans and on and on. They were taken over. 
They were ready to be freed from these nations that were overpowering them. They were certainly tired of the Romans. And they knew the old scriptures that said a Messiah would come. And so they were looking for this king to come riding on a white horse and to rescue them and make them a great nation again under nobody's dominion. And that's going to happen. There are two occasions of Jesus coming, but the first one is his coming as a little baby to take care of the most important thing, and that's our sin nature. All through the Old Testament, the account is showing us and telling us the purpose of it in all the stories is how we are lacking within ourselves to reconcile our life with God. He gives us all these rules. He gives us the Ten Commandments. He gives us these instructions of how we should live. And we are to try to do that, but as hard as we may try, while we may be a good person, we cannot achieve the perfect, sinless nature that God requires if we're to have fellowship with Him and to be with Him in heaven. And so the Bible later records that at just the right time, Jesus came. And I, I still ponder that, and I've had people give me an answer for that, why that, uh, that 2,000 plus years ago that Jesus came was just the right time. I've heard all kinds of reasons. None of them have really satisfied me. doesn't matter. God said it. I believe it. It's settled. But Jesus came, and he took care of that greatest problem that we had keeping us from being with God and he provided for us salvation through his death on the cross he who was without sin became sin for us took our sin upon himself and carried it to the grave and through that we receive the gift of eternal life we receive the gift of the resurrection, of the coming hope, of that day when either we go to be with Him or He calls us home, that there's no more tear, no more pain, no more sorrow, and we're in the presence of Almighty God without any effect or presence of evil anymore. It's hard to imagine. We, we live with the effects of evil every day in our lives, and uh, and, and one day, though, we're going to be in God's presence. There won't be any more of that. There will only be Him in perfection. So Jesus came and gave us this great gift. But what I asked the children was, what are you going to give Jesus? Some of them reminded me that Christmas is Jesus' birthday. So I said, that's right. What kind of birthday present are you going to give them? And they had some really good answers. Kindness, goodness, love for each other. And I, that was right. That's good, good gifts to give him. The rest of that, uh, not, the chorus of that song I shared with you reminds us that we were the reason that he gave his life. We were the reason that he suffered and died to a world that was lost, he gave all he could give to show us the reason to live. We were the reason Jesus came and gave a gift. And so we need 
as we think about this Christmas season with all that we'll do and getting together and buying gifts to each other, is what can we give Christ? And that's going to be the series this month. What can we give Christ for Christmas? And of course today, the answer is yourself. And that starts with believing in Him as Lord and Savior. Another song I was thinking of is the Drummer Boy. Love that song. Y'all probably do too, all the rum-pum-pums. Years ago, I was leading the choir at the church I pastored. Had a couple of big old guys, bigger than me. I called them the Sons of Thunder, and they liked that. And we were doing Drummer Boy, and we went through and we practiced rum pum rum Got to roll your R's to do it right, you know. rum pum And they worked and worked. Well, we got down to the day to sing that. And they didn't do the rum pums right. (laughs) But they did rum pum all the way through the song. And we got through it and nobody was the wiser. But in that song, if you'll remember, the little drummer boy is there at the birth of Jesus Christ. And he's seeing all the... The, the kings from the east, and he realizes Jesus is, a, is the king as a baby. And he says, I don't have anything that's worth giving a king. I don't, he certainly didn't have any riches. He didn't have any property. What can I give him? He says, I know. I'll play a song for him on my drum. Mary nodded. The ox and lamb kept time, and the baby smiled. And what that little boy did was he gave Jesus himself, what he had within himself, not frankincense, not gold, not myrrh. He gave of himself. And so as we come, the first response to what can we give Christ for Christmas is ourself. And if we don't have that personal relationship with him, if we haven't accepted him as Savior and Lord, then that's where we start, is acknowledging that we fall short of the glory of God, that we believe that He is God's Son, and we commit our lives to Him. I did a song with the kids about the ABCs of being a Christian, and I'm not going to do it because I'll probably fall over here because one of them is making a B with your legs, and I can't stay up there. I can do A-OK, I can do C-OK, but B will have me falling out. But we sang, A, admit that you're a sinner, and you ask God to make you a winner. B, believe that Jesus is God's Son, and that Jesus came to save everyone. C, commit your life to the Lord, and ask Him to be your Savior. It's a fun little song from Vacation Bible School many years ago. But coming to know Christ is that easy. A, B, C. You have to admit and acknowledge that you fall short of the glory of God, as Paul wrote, that we do things wrong. We know that. We don't like to admit it, but we know that. And then the Bible says it's necessary to believe that he's God's son. He's God in the flesh. That he came and took our sins upon himself. That he carried those sins to the cross and the grave, but he left them there. 
And by accepting his gift of salvation, we then receive the gift of eternal life and that promise, that blessed hope we call it. But it doesn't end there. A lot of people, it's convenient to stop. And you know that I've asked you before and, and, and I asked different people, do you believe in God? And well, everybody says, yeah, I believe in God. But the harder question is, do you believe God? Because that means that part of commitment to where we'll do what he's taught us to do. His word here, and I was remembering this morning driving up, Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. Had you ever heard that before? Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. This isn't just nice stories for us to read, which I enjoy. This isn't just a, a, a document of history telling us what's happened, which it does. It is what God intends for us to follow. It's His Word inscribed through different men to write it down so that we can follow it and apply it to our lives. And that comes the commitment. So once we've accepted Christ as our Savior, which really is the easy part and seems too easy, comes the work of committing ourselves to Him. Giving ourselves over to Him. Committing ourselves to Him. Seeking to let Him speak to us in an ongoing manner about what needs to be addressed in our lives. I can remember as a, as a young man attending college, attending First Baptist Atlanta, struggling with my relationship with God. And I could lay there and just be overwhelmed with the things in my life that I knew needed to be corrected. And I, I, I'll confess to you that I actually just kind of gave up for a while and said, I'm just not going to worry about it. Now, that doesn't mean don't go crazy. That doesn't mean I started doing drugs and all that. I, there's worse things, just ignoring God in your life. But then he continues to speak. God remembers us. We talked about that last week. And somebody through a speaker, maybe been Dr. Stanley, some other speaker, encouraged us to let God tell us what we needed, what He wanted to fix. Yes, there's lots of things in our lives. There's attitudes that we struggle with, prejudice, hatred, anger at others that Jesus says aren't right, lust of all kinds of things. And so we can become a quivering mass. Lord, there's too much wrong with me if we'll be honest with ourselves. And he says, look, this is what I need you to address right now. And you yield that to Christ, whatever that is in your life, and it'll be different for each one of us. And as you yield that to him and he works that through your life and works it out of you, he gives you something else. The Christian life is a constant process of becoming like Christ. We're not going to get there until He calls us home, but we are to be moving towards Him 
surrendering these different things in our life that stand in the way of a good relationship with him and with our fellow man. Letting him, but the way to do that is to let him instruct us on what's the biggest problem that he needs addressed. And, and like I said, it, it'll be different for each one. Although we're universal as humans, we face the same temptations, we face the same uh, uh, sins, we commit the same sins. He knows which one is, is the main one. And so, as we've given ourselves to Him, admitting that we're a sinner, confessing to Him our sins, confessing that we believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior, following through with baptism, which is an act of obedience. We've given ourselves there, but then we continue to give ourselves to Christ, reading His Word. What is it you're saying to me, Father? You've got to read His Word to find out. Someone said, God's not going to tell you something He's already written down. Pretty wise. But as we read His Word, as we pray, and in those dark moments laying on our bed, He brings something to mind that He wants us to confess. But more than that, we got to release. We did another song I did with the children. It's rolled away, rolled away, rolled away. Every burden of my heart rolled away. Every sin has to go neath the crimson flow, the blood of Jesus Christ. When we do that, rolled away, rolled away, rolled away. Every burden of my heart rolled away. As we yield these things to Jesus, as we give to Him, He gives back. Let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 6. This is where God challenges us. Jesus challenges us. These are Jesus' words. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus challenges us. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon, King James says, or money, things. So Jesus challenges us here. Set your heart on things above. How do we evaluate ourselves there? One way, take out your checkbook, look at your bank statement, one way is, where's the money going? Percentage-wise, we all got bills to pay. But you can look at that and get a glimpse of maybe where your heart is. 
you can think about the things that you're desiring. Maybe it's a new boat, a new car, a new dress, new shoes, whatever it is. And they're not wrong things, but they become wrong when they become more important than God. And as we yield ourselves to Him, as we give that over to Him, whatever it is, it can be material, but it can also be an attitude. Just somebody that I just won't reconcile with. They, they did me too wrong. They treated me too badly. I can't forgive them. Jesus says at the end of the Lord's Prayer, a couple of verses after that, that if we refuse to give others, He'll refuse to forgive us. He expects us to forgive. So maybe that's what we got to give to Him. Maybe that's the burden we're carrying around is hard feelings about how we've been treated. As we set our heart on things above, the pleasures of this world will kind of fade away and become bearable. Life will become more joyous, and we know that God will take care of everything. And we trust in Him, we move to Him. It, 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 it sounds kind of theoretical, kind of out there, but it's true. Jesus teaches us as we give these things to God and release them in our lives, He doesn't leave a vacuum. He fills it with Himself, with His ways, with His love, and our relationships get better, our relationship with Him, our relationship with others. And that's a hard thing to get to by faith, to believe that if I let go and let God resolve this, that life's going to be better. We're such a complicated creature because on one hand, we know our powerlessness. We know we don't have it within ourselves to fix something, but yet we won't quite trust Him with it. And we'll testify that He's the Almighty God, but Lord, I better take care of this problem. Lord, you're, you own the cattle on a thousand hills, but I've got to put in 80 hours so I can buy this. When we come to that place that we say, Lord, I'm yours. I yield it all to you. And know that he's going to give us what we need, what we want. Life becomes freer, less burdensome. And some of those things that we have no power to resolve, God will drop into place over time. How do we give Christ a gift for Christmas? We start with ourselves. If you haven't accepted Christ as Savior, He's got that gift ready for you. All you have to do is believe and receive. He wants to come in. Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him. Jesus is waiting. As we, so if you have not done that, there's no better time than this season to give Jesus that gift of your faith in him. And it won't be an instantaneous, you won't have all the answers. It's a lifelong process, but you start out just by the ABCs. 
Lord, I have sin in my life. I can't fix it. I confess it to you. Help me to live a victorious life. Father, I believe in your Son, Jesus Christ, that He is the Son of God. Lord, it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it all, but I believe in faith that He is the Son of God and He came and died for my sins. Father, I'm going to commit myself to do what you have said for me to do in your basic instructions before leaving earth. That's the way to give Christ a gift for Christmas. We give through our offerings, we give through our tithes, we give through our time, and that's all important and good. But you can do all those things, and if you hold on to your heart, you're not pleasing God. And so he asks you to get things in the right order. Give him your heart, give him your faith, give him your trust. Then the other part of it becomes a joyful, free gift that you rejoice in that others may know Jesus Christ as Savior. And as you do that, the peace that passes understanding, as the scripture says, will come in, help you through the problems, bless you more than you can ask or think. And that's the challenge for you today, is giving yourself, taking time after the service, tonight maybe on your bed in the quiet, Lord, what am I holding back? Lord, what is it I haven't released to you? Father, what's standing in the way of my relationship with you? And as he speaks that to you, you say, okay, Lord, help me. Lord, I believe, help me in my unbelief. You'll have blessed his heart. You'll have blessed the mind of God. And he will embrace you as that child and warmly receive you. He's waiting on us to open that door. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, if each one of us will be true, we'll say to you, I don't know why you love me, Lord. I don't know why you want me. We might can say, Father, I, I'm a good person. I strive to be good. But Lord, I know this is in the way. And then we can, Father, I believe you love me. I believe you're ready to take this burden upon you and help me have that victorious life. And Father, it scares me to give up what you're asking me to give to you because I'm, I'm comfortable with it. But I'm going to do it because I believe in what you say. I believe in you. You'll be amazed at the release that will give you. So Father, we want to do that. And I ask that you would remember each one tonight, this day, that you would speak to their hearts. Lord, break through the noise of the day. Break through the hardness of our sin. 
break through our callous spirits. Speak to our hearts, Lord Jesus. Then, Father, empower us through your Holy Spirit to commit that to you and to strive, trusting in your power and your wisdom. Lord, that's what I ask for this church today, that they give themselves completely to you. Lord, I need that. My fingers point back at me. Help me each step of the day to yield to you, to follow you faithfully. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. Help us love you more. In the name and power of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.